Hey, hey, it's your host, Shonda Mays, and welcome to Heal, Learn, Grow, Glow. If you're looking for some inspiration and authentic insight about life, or you're ready to grow and level up, let's do it. Join me and my guests as we talk candidly about life, healing, and becoming our best selves. Let's heal to learn, learn to grow, and grow to glow into the beauty of who God has called us to be. It has been a while since I recorded my last episode. Um, I've just been kind of going through some things personally, but I could not let the month end without coming to you to talk to you all about domestic violence. So some of you may know that um, I've experienced domestic violence myself. And so I wanted to share with you my domestic violence story and also talk about some of the signs that you may be dating or married to an abuser. So let's get into it. So around the time I was, well, I'll take it back to childhood. Um, Early on in my childhood, um, my father was actually abusive towards my mother. And so I remember witnessing um, him putting his hands on her at a very, very young age. And I was actually traumatized by that. It was a very, very traumatizing experience. Um, One uh, significant uh, incident that took place was when uh, I think I was around three years old. And I remember my dad was arguing with my mom and he was putting his hands on her. And I remember running up to try to try to shield my mom and like get him to stop. And so what he did was he pushed me and pushed me so hard that I fell into a wall. And I remember her turning to me and saying, um, you better stop before you get some too. And I just remember crying and being upset. You know, I wanted to protect my mom. But I also just remember like in that moment, my dad, um, he he of course wasn't in control of his emotions and the height of his emotions even caused him to turn to me in, in an abusive manner and um I remember my mom telling me that that was one of the pivotal moments um that took place that like made her really really say she had to get out of the relationship and move on and so um that's my first experience with domestic violence. I witnessed other incidents um, between my mom and dad, and those memories stick out in my mind. Um, but just like actually being in the midst of it and even having it to- directed towards me at a chi- as a child, as a three-year-old, was a very traumatic experience. And I think that it's one of those experiences that has definitely shaped my life. It shaped um, my view of men um, and my view of relationships. So that did happen. Um, since then, my dad has actually apologized for that, which is a big thing. So I've always loved my dad and I always will love my dad. Um, I understand, you know, even for him, he was going through certain things in his life. And um, I'm just thankful that he's still here and um, that we can build a relationship outside of that um, particular incident. And we still have the opportunity 
to build and have a good relationship. So shout out to you, dad. Love you. Um, and also shout out to my mom, man. She's one of the strongest women I know. Um, my shero, my inspiration. I love that lady so much, man. She's just my everything. We bump heads, but that's my rider. And I go to war for her. So y'all better not mess with my mama. <laughs> but anyway, um, so let me just kind of jump into my story. So um, my story started when I was around 19 years old. And I started dating this guy and we had a really tumultuous relationship from a period of time from about when I was 19 until um, I turned 26. So that's quite a span of time to be dealing with someone. And so initially in this relationship, um, the physical uh, violence didn't start immediately. Um, He really kind of just worked my mind he got in my head a lot and um it's one of those things where I tell people sometimes that I'm still dealing with the after effects of this relationship right so initially his abuse started off as like verbal and emotional abuse and so um it escalated to sexual abuse and then also to him actually physically putting his hands on me so initially when things started to happen it was just like little subtle things he would say to me like oh well you know you would be so much prettier if you lost weight and at the time like I'm much heavier now than I was then I I mean uh, at that time like before I met him I was really really confident in my appearance you know I never had any doubts about my looks you know and as superficial as it may sound I mean you know I I felt good about how I looked I felt that I was an attractive woman and I presented well and I didn't have the issues um that I developed later on in the relationship so one of the things that he started to do was make me doubt my outward appearance and how I looked and so um like (laughs) Like him telling me I needed to lose weight and I really wasn't big at all. So those things were hurtful to me, but I thought that I loved him. So I didn't really see the signs. I didn't see that as a red flag and I proceeded on. And so he slowly started to chip away at my self-esteem and um, it just continued. It continued. uh, It didn't stop and it progressed and got worse. So I was, he always um, just kind of made me feel like I just wasn't enough. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't small enough. I wasn't ambitious enough. I didn't have enough good things going on for myself. And which, looking back on that, like, it was a total lie. Like, um, I think I did pretty well for myself at the time of course I made I've made a lot of mistakes over my life but I don't think that you know I was like a a lame or bum female that that's just not even in my DNA to be that way I wasn't raised by any women in my like the women that I've been surrounded by in my family like that's just not who we are and so that's not who I am and so like I said initially he started with the um emotional and verbal abuse and then it was the the name calling and um 
calling me out my name, just making me feel less than, telling me I just wasn't good enough. And slowly, like, what he did was just etch away at my self-esteem. And once he etched away at my self-esteem, it made it so much easier for him to be able to physically abuse me. And so um, I'll tell you about a couple of incidents. One was um, a night where I refused to have sex with him. And he got really, really mad with me. And um, that was the first night that he, like, really became physical with me. Like, he put his hands on me because I didn't want to have sex with him. And so, um, even before then, like, even when it came to sex, sex was like he made me have sex with him. And, like, I just really got tired of that situation. It was like I was required to do it when he wanted me to do it. And if I didn't, then it would be an issue. And mind you, again, I'm in my early 20s, so this is a lot for me. Um... So that's how the the physical abuse started, like that the night that I really just stood my ground and said no. He got really violent and physical with me, and I remember like trying to defend myself and throwing a face at his head, and that's when he kind of like calmed down. And so um, not long after that incident left, I mean happened, he left and he went out of town. And so... I was in the process of relocating from my hometown um, to another area uh, because I had taken a job and had a better opportunity. So um, as I relocated and I moved into this new place, he moved with me. And so (laughs) one night as crazy, we just had this really crazy argument. And, And I remember this moment so vividly. He was going through his things. And um, he asked me about some shoes that he had. And he asked me, did I think he should get rid of the shoes? And I told him, yes. And I said, well, you know, they're a little old now. Nobody's really wearing those shoes anymore. So it probably probably would be good if you just got rid of them and you could just give them away to somebody. Well, for whatever reason, I guess he took that as me insulting his style. And he went off. He went off. He told me <laughs> that I had no style and called me all kinds of names. And at that moment, I saw it escalating. So I said, look, I don't want to argue with you. And I proceeded to go up the stairs and to, to close my bedroom door because he was on my trail. So I closed my bedroom door. I locked the door. He busted the door down. He busted the door frame. And he came in the room and he choked me. He choked me so hard. Like when he jumped on me, I had my phone in my hand at the time and it flew out of my hand. And he choked me to the point where I almost blacked out. And I just remember getting up trying to find my phone because I wanted to call somebody for help. I was in a new town. I didn't have any family nearby. I didn't have any friends, you know, so it was really, really a scary, scary situation for me. And um, he took my phone, I discovered, and he took my keys to my car. And so when I was looking for my keys and I was trying to leave, he was on the phone with his family members telling them that if something happened to me, that they needed to come get me, they needed to hurt me, because if he ended up in jail, it would be my fault. I did all this stuff to him, which was a complete lie. And I remember eventually getting my keys and he wouldn't give me my phone. So I got in my car. And I just drove up the street to a shopping center. I was hysterical. 
and a man saw me crying and he asked me well did you want me to call the police and I said no I just need to call my mom I want to call my mom so he allowed me to use his phone to call my mom but he really felt like I should call the police and I told him I was scared which I was I was very scared um this person was a very volatile person and I really didn't know um what to do so in my mind I just wanted to talk to my mom I talked to her I got myself together. I went back to the house. But when I went back to the house, before I walked in, I knew that this was it for me. I could no longer be a part of this relationship because um, while I was with him, it was like when he was gone, he was out of town or whatever he was doing, I was happier then than I was when he was with me. And I felt bad all the time and I felt hurt all the time. And um, at that point, when I pulled up to the house, I was like, look, thinking to myself, I have to figure out how I'm going to make it out of this situation. Because at the time, I had a three-year-old a three year old daughter. And all I could think about is if I stayed, um, he had almost killed me anyway. You know, like he almost choked me to the point of me passing out or losing my, my breath. And um, I just thought about my daughter and I couldn't continue to be in that situation she already had a father who wasn't there and I didn't want her to grow grow up without a mom so I knew I needed to play nice until I could get him out of my house and that's exactly what I did I just played nice and so I went back in the house we tried to you know smooth things over with him he gave me gave me my ugh, I can't talk he gave me my phone back and for the next maybe week I just played nice with him until uh, it was time for him to go back out of town for his his work. And at that time, I played nice and I was going to um, he was needing to go to North Carolina and I was needing to go to Georgia to pick my daughter up. And I dropped him off in North Carolina on the way to pick my baby up. And I never looked back. I changed my number and I was it was a done deal for me because I could no longer be a part of that situation. And that relationship is one that left me so fragmented. It left me so shattered and so hurt. And I've had to do a lot of work to get out of the place that I was put in by that relationship and by dealing with this this guy. And I'm still trying to heal and, and move on from that. So I share that with you all. And so... Um, there were a lot of red flags with him. And so I just kind of want to share with you all some things to pay attention to and to keep in mind when you're dating somebody. Um, one of the red flags uh, that initially showed up was I listened to how he talked about women, but I let it go over my head. Um, he didn't have, I don't know how to, to quite say it, but I feel like for one, he had a bad relationship with his mom. So his his view of women was already skewed by that relationship that he had with um, his mom. So he wasn't very trustworthy of, um, of women, period. And so how he talked about his mom, it wasn't in a positive way. Um, he had been hurt by his mom. So that affected his view of his of, of women, in my opinion. Um, the other thing that I noticed, which was a red flag, was um, he was controlling. He started to be very controlling. Um, he cared a lot about who I hung out with. Like, he felt like I shouldn't hang out with certain people, and he tried to control that. 
and um, he wanted to know everywhere I was. I remember I was interning at a radio station and he would pop up at the club when we had club nights and he would watch me all night long. He would uh, watch, he was talking to me and I never forget like there was an incident, I was at a club. I'm from Virginia and um, it was this club called One to One out in Virginia Beach and at that night, at that that particular night they had um, Raekwon from um, Wu-Tang who had came out and it was a couple of other celebrities um, in the building. And so I remember I was talking to Raekwon and one of his friends. And mind you, I interned at the radio station. So this wasn't anything abnormal or unusual. I wasn't talking to him because I'm a fan or any of that. I'm talking to him because me interning and what I was doing that night, that's what it called for. And so I remember him walking out. And he looked at me and he pointed at me and then he put his fingers up to his eyes and then pointed back at me like I'm watching you. And he walked away. And he just kept walking by. And so this was super embarrassing. And so Raekwon goes to me, is that your man? Um, is that your man? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so he, you know, he was like, is everything OK? Is that a problem? Is there a problem? I'm like, no. But he was just upset that I was even talking to him. And it wasn't anything crazy or out of the way. Raekwon wasn't being fresh. It wasn't that type of conversation. It was just business, period. And so he took that and he just like totally embarrassed me. But that was his behavior. He watched me in the club all the time. He would pop up all the time. He wanted to know who I was with. He wanted to isolate me from my friends. That was another thing. That's another thing an abuser does. They want to isolate you from your friends and your family and make you think that your family and your friends are against you so that they can continue to manipulate and uh, get in your head. And so that was just a crazy situation. And so I I encourage you too, ladies that, you know, watch the red flags. And again, like if there's a guy who's um, showing you certain behaviors that aren't cool, like controlling, trying to be controlling, you know, they're escalating, they're they're trying to tear your self-esteem apart. Uh, those are all signs of potential abusers. And so for me, like any guy at this point in my life, if he's not trying to build me up and all he can do is tear me down, I'm not with it. I'm not here for it. It's a done deal. Miss me with all of that. You got to go. And so I encourage you ladies um, to just be mindful when you're dating, you know, pay attention to the red flags. Don't ignore them because they're there for a reason. Um, sometimes when you think that you're in love with someone and I very much so thought that I was in love with this guy. I dealt with him for years, okay? We had an on-again, off-again relationship. Again, it was very tumultuous. Um, and it wasn't a relationship that was a loving relationship. And I realized that now because he just had me in this place where I had to walk on eggshells and always felt like I had to prove my love and my loyalty to him. And um, that's really not cool in that sense but pay attention to the red flags man they're there for a reason um don't hide don't hide I hid I hid 
And so I didn't tell people what I was experiencing. I didn't tell people that I was being forced to have sex. I didn't tell people that, you know, he was tearing my self-esteem down. He was saying these things that were verbally and emotionally abusive to me. I didn't tell people when he actually started putting his hands on me. Like my mom knew the drastic incident where he choked me out because I was scared for my life at that point. Like I knew he didn't care about me. He didn't care if I lived or died. Like he was on the brink of taking my my life. That's how I felt. And I knew that if I stayed a minute longer, well, I stayed a minute longer. I had to play nice for about a week. But if I stayed in that relationship, I don't think I would have made it out. He's a very volatile, controlling person. And um, ladies, just watch out for these guys out here uh, that try to get in your head and break you down. Um, just pay attention to the red flags. If something doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. And so uh, if you're experiencing domestic violence and you need resources, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, you can find me on IG at Heal, Learn, Grow, Glow Podcast. Actually, I don't think the podcast is on the end. It's actually Heal, Learn, Grow, Glow. That's IG. You can hit me up on my personal IG, which is Shonda Mays, S-H-O-N-D-A-M-A-Y-E-S. Just hit me up. Uh, I would love to share with you any resources that I have, talk to you, pray for you, um, and just help you out any way that I can. If I can find resources for you in your area for you to get help, then by all means, please hit me up. But don't stay in a situation where you could lose your life. If you have kids, think about your kids. Um, I know it can be scary. It could be um, just one of those situations where you really don't know how to get out of. But there are people who care and there are people who want to help. And so before I end this thing, because this podcast is about healing, learning, growing, and glowing. But above all, it's about God. It's why I started it. So I want to end by saying a prayer for anybody out there who is dealing with domestic violence. Heavenly Father, we come ever so humbly before you, Lord, just lifting you up and giving you all the glory, the honor, and the praise right now, Lord. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for being a good father. We thank you for meeting our needs, Lord. We just thank you for being who you are, Lord God. When we are undeserving, you still do for us. When we just do you wrong, Lord, you're still there. You you still... uh, have your hand your arms out for us to receive us when we decide to turn from whatever it is that we're doing lord and so we just say thank you today lord god and lord i want to say thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice right now listening to this podcast lord god lord i pray that something that i've said has resonated with them lord god i pray that something that i've said that has uh sparked something in them to look at their relationships to examine their relationships lord god and lord i pray for any any woman or any man that's actually dealing with domestic violence right now, Lord God, I pray that uh, you would give them their your strength, Lord God, and you would give them courage to make a move to get out of that re- the relationship that they're in, Lord God. And Lord, as they decide to move away from the relationship, Lord God, I ask that you would heal them, Lord God. Heal their hearts, Lord God. Let them turn towards you for their, their healing, Lord God. Let your peace and, and your love comfort them in this time, Lord God. 
And Lord, I ask that you would provide them with um, resources and people who will shower them with love and show them love, Lord God, because when you get out of a situation like that, you can feel so fragmented, Lord God. And so I just ask that your love would would envelop them right now, Lord God, and just cover them and smother them, Lord God. And Lord, I pray for your strength, Lord God. Lord, I pray for the safety of anybody who is listening to this podcast right now who is dealing with domestic violence, Lord God. And I pray your safety. I pray that you would send your warring angels to encamp all around and to war on their behalf, Lord God, because when they're weak, they may not know how to fight, Lord God, but I ask that you would send your angels to war on their behalf, Lord God. And Lord, I just plead the blood of Jesus on them right now, Lord God. I plead the blood of Jesus from the crowns of their heads and to the soles of their feet, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that they will be covered by the blood, Lord God, and that they would just be protected and shielded, Lord God. And Lord, I just want to thank you for sending them to this podcast to listen, Lord God. And Lord, I just pray for their prosperity, their peace, Lord God, that for their relationship, that they would turn towards you, Lord God. And, and as they move forward in their journey, Lord God, that they would embrace you and embrace your love and embrace the life that you've called them to live. Lord, we call this prayer sealed in your son Jesus name. We pray. Amen. So, yeah, guys, I just want to say thank you once again for joining me. And I know it's been a while. I will be back. So you all take care and I'll be chatting with you soon. Be blessed.